Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to New Song Online. So glad that you're joining us um, as we study the Word of God together. Even though we can't do it in a group, at least we can do it online. And uh, we're doing our very best to accommodate everybody and uh, just appreciate uh, your your willingness to join us and your desire to join us and to still grow in the Lord. And um, I, I want to say I wish we could uh, talk to you in person and minister to you in person and and just encourage you. Uh, but I do want you to know, even though we can't meet as a family, I want you to know that we're still ready to serve you. We stand ready to to, to serve you and your family and uh, love you so very, very much. And you know that uh, you have stolen uh, our hearts and uh, we're always here for you. So just give us a phone call, shoot us an email if you need anything at all. I also want to say, too, um, I know they've already made announcements as far as giving uh, online or mailing it to the church. I just want to say thanks for your generosity um, and thanks for your willingness to do that. That helps us out and lets us continue the ministry and support all of the missionaries that we support and um, uh, do everything that we still need to do, uh, even in the middle of this unique era uh, this unique time in, in history. And we want you to, uh, to make plans to join us every single Sunday. We really want everybody to join us Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. And um, if you can do that, we would love it. If everybody's just watching the sermon all at the same time, that, that would uh, just be incredible. And we encourage you uh, just to keep that as a discipline in your life. Just join us every Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. And, um, and of course, uh, we'll give you our very best, not only on Sunday mornings, but also during the week as well if you need anything at all. Okay, today we are continuing our series, uh, Five Easy Steps to Wreck Your Life. And uh, today we're talking about how to be miserable, like five steps to live a miserable life. And of course, again, tongue in cheek, you know that that uh, nobody wants to live a miserable life. And uh, I'm going to teach you some things today that is surely going to be an encouragement. In fact, um, with what's happening in, in the nation and really around the world with uh, the COVID-19 uh, virus that's happening right now, um, I'll tell you that this subject matter was already planned. And uh, I really, I really love it when the Lord put, puts a plan together like that. And I think this is going to be very encouraging uh, to all of you. We're going to look at first Kings uh, chapter 19. And this is, let me give a little bit of background about this. This, this is when um, Elijah had just conquered the 450 prophets of Baal at, at Mount Carmel. And remember, um, uh, he kind of summoned them, he challenged them. And uh, of course, obviously the, the one true God, our, our heavenly father reigned supreme that day. And Elijah, with God's help, defeated all of the prophets of Baal. Um, in fact, my wife and I have been, have been to Mount Carmel and it is, it's, a, it's an incredible area. It's beautiful um, area. And you can see for miles and miles and miles around. Mount Carmel is just to the west of Nazareth. And of course, Nazareth is just to the west of, of the Sea of Galilee. So it's kind of northern Israel. And um, 
so he defeats the prophets of Baal. And then the Bible says that he, took, he takes them down to the Kishron Valley and he puts them all to death at that point uh, for serving a false god and, and trying to intimidate him and, of course, come against the one true God. And uh, again, if you're out Mar- at Mount Carmel, you can actually see the Kishron Valley right below you. It's just absolutely um, amazing. And, um, and so here we have this incredible story. In fact, not only after he defeats the prophets of Baal, but uh, the Bible says he climbed back up Mount Carmel, Elijah did, and he prayed for rain because they, there had been no rain for quite some time. And uh, the Bible says he's kinda, he kind of, you know, uh, sat down, put his head between his, his knees, and he just prayed. And he asked his servant, hey, tell me if the rain has come. And he came back and said nothing. And he kept praying. And all of a sudden the rain cloud came and it was the size of a man's fist. And, and he told Ahab, hey, you better get back home because uh, the rain is coming and uh, I don't want it to stop you from getting there. And of course, Elijah does something just absolutely amazing, this God-given moment that he has in his life that he kind of uh, uh, tucked his cloak in a certain way that allowed him to run. And he actually beat Ahab uh, uh, back to the palace. And when Ahab gets there, Elijah's already there by the strength of God. And Ahab, of course, is telling his his wife Jezebel what what just occurred. And that's what happens when we get to first uh, Kings chapter 19, verses one through four. It says, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all of the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah, may the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. So Jezebel uh, really threatens Elijah's very life. Elijah, verse 3 says, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. And he went to Beersheba, a town of Judah, and he left his servant there. And then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. So he was just escaping from this threat upon his life. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. He says, I have had enough, Lord. Have you ever been there where you just went to the Lord and just said, God, I've had enough. I'm I'm exhausted. I'm tired. He said, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. So here we have this incredibly triumphant moment in the life of Elijah. And and literally just within within a day or two, he's sitting underneath a, a tree asking the Lord to take his life. He went from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. And he went, he went from being extremely triumphant to extremely miserable, uh, and in fact, very fearful. And I'm going to teach you some things about this, um, uh, just how how... Uh, how to live the life that God wants us to live by pointing out how most people live a miserable life. And, and the first thing I want to say is that fear often attacks suddenly and is, it's accompanied by doubts, discouragement, and even depression. So, so fear 
it, it, it's not like uh, mo- most people don't um, uh, just slowly work their way into fear. All of a sudden, there's something that happens, something that comes out of nowhere, shocks them, surprises them. It, it's a phone call that they get. It, it's a it's a prognosis that they receive. It, it it's a, a letter that comes in the mail. It's it's bad news from somewhere, and it'll come suddenly. And people um, all of a sudden allow fear to rise in their life, and they end up living a miserable. Life, and I want to tell you, we're we're at this unique era in 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 our history, our nation's history, uh, where there obviously has been a threat on humanity. There, there's been uh, sicknesses, and and the talk everywhere is about the coronavirus and and disease and death and and quarantines, and the list goes on and on and on. And it just kind of snuck up on America out of nowhere, and a lot of people have just responded in fear. Fear oftentimes uh, uh, it comes on a suddenly and it leads to doubts. Uh, is God going to deliver? Is God going to help? Is God going to show up? Um, and what if I get it? And, and what if my family gets it? And what if life doesn't go back to normal? And just a lot of doubts. And then, of course, it leads to discouragement. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know how we're going to pay the bills. I don't know how we're going to survive. And then oftentimes we'll go, we'll help, we'll, will people will take that into a level of depression which is far past just discouragement and and I want to tell you I think this is a message for us um in in, in the moment in in this time not only in our church's history but in the nation's history that we are not we are not supposed to live by fear that is not the life that we have been called to live that God says he hasn't given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind and so so fear is a demonic spirit that comes that tries to come upon the people of God and we are to resist that and choose a life of faith so I'm going to teach you five steps today to live a miserable life again tongue-in-cheek and um, uh, and and actually after I, I teach this to you I'm going to give you some verses that will encourage you, obviously, in the opposite uh, direction. And uh, the first one is this, believe, believe that your problem is bigger than God's power. So if you want to live a miserable life, the first thing you do is just believe that your problem is bigger than God's power. Uh, I, I, I think there have been times, in, in fact, I know times in my life, and, and I, no doubt I think times in all of our lives where the problem seemed so big that we we ended up questioning God's power. And let us never do that. Let us never question the power of God or his desire to deliver, his desire to help, his his desire to, to show himself victorious on our behalf. Let's never question not only the power of God, but the heart of God. But I promise you, if you live your life thinking that your problem is bigger than God's power, that your problem is bigger than God, you're going to live a very miserable life. This is what Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 says. It says, and my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a promise to me that all of my needs are going to be met by my heavenly father, that he supplies all of my needs. When he sees a need in my life, he's the one that's going to take care of it. He's the one that's going to supply it. He's going to provide the answer for the need that I have in my life. And I want to encourage you that your problem, our problem, 
Jerusalem is not bigger than God's power. I promise you that. It's not bigger than God's power. He is omnipotent. He is incredibly strong, incredibly mighty. In fact, that's what the Bible says, that he is mighty to save. That's how big he is. No matter what we're going through, our Father is still there and he loves us. The second thing, the the second step to living a miserable life is become great at being ungrateful. That if you, if you become great at being ungrateful, you're going to live a miserable life. Uh, I, I, I used to sing a song growing up, as many of you did, no doubt. Count your blessings, name them one by one. A lot of times when, when anybody in our family is starting to show signs of ungratefulness, uh, we, we literally just start counting the blessings of God. We just start reminding them uh, of everything that God has done for us, is doing for us, will do for us in the future. And we, we found out that the best way to live life is with a heart of gratitude. But if you want to live a miserable life, then be great at being ungrateful. Then I promise you, you'll be miserable. This is what Psalm 77 says, uh, verse 10 through 12. It says, and I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. But then I recall all that you've done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stand. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. And I want to encourage you today. This is a, this is a great verse of scripture for you that, that, that he's feeling like the Lord has left him, has departed. And we know that the Bible says that God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. But sometimes it feels like that. And we, we become very ungrateful uh, concerning um, God's presence and God's power in our life. And we think that he's just not a, around. And yet, the, the, this verse of Scripture is so very, very clear that at times like that, we are to stop, we are to remember the deeds of the Lord, what He's done for us in the past. And, and, and when we think about His miracles in the past, when we think about what He's brought us through, when we think about all of the times that He's answered our prayers, that it should take us from, from a heart of fear and ungratefulness to a place of faith and gratefulness for what God has done. It should take us to a heart of worship. It should take us to a heart of thank you, Father, that you've been so good to me. Thank you that you've been so faithful to my family. You've never let us down. I realize that. And today, once again, I'm putting my trust in you. And I thank you. I'm grateful for your goodness in my life. And I'll tell you, when you remember what God has done in the past, it'll encourage you in the present. The third thing, the the third step uh, to live a miserable, life uh, is this. Resent God for where you are in life. Just resent God for where you are in life. So sometimes we look at our surroundings and we don't like where we are. If you're, if you're kind of on a self-quarantine or maybe uh, uh, your, your workplace has said, hey, we don't need you right now for a couple of months. And you're wondering wh- where you are and, and wh- how you're going to get through. And you're looking at your life and saying, this is not what I planned. This is not where I want to be. And maybe it has nothing to do with the coronavirus. Maybe just in life in general, you're saying, I'm at a place where I don't want to be. And sometimes the tendency is to kind to point our finger at God and kind of resent God for allowing us to be where we are. And it reminds me of the story of Job. Remember, Job is going through this very difficult time. And at the very beginning of this difficult time, 
in chapter 2, verse 9 of Job, it says that his wife came to him and she was really, uh, she was obviously resenting God. She was she was angry, not only at Job, but obviously at God, because that comes out in her words. And she looks to Job and says, are you still trying to be godly when God has done all of this to you? And then she says these words to him. She says, Job, you need to curse God and die. Like it would just be better off if you cursed God and just ended it. I mean, she was so resentful uh, towards God. She was angry at God. She was angry at Job. And of course, we know Job did the right thing. He refused to do that. And, um, and God honored him for that in the end. But his wife was not like that. She was very resentful towards God. It reminded me of Psalm uh, 3, uh, verses 2 and 3, it, where it says, Many are saying of me, the psalmist says, Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But then he says this, But you, Lord, are a shield around me, and you're my glory, and you're the one who lifts my head high. You are the lifter of my head. So you can live life resenting God for, for where you are in life. That you can be like Job's wife and be angry at God and be angry at others. But that's the wrong way to live life. That's a miserable way to live life. What we should do in, in times of trouble are saying, you know, I, I know that, that um, things are tough right now. But Father, one thing I know that you are my shield. You are my glory and you're the one who lifts up my head. You're, you are the lifter of my head. You're the one that encourages me and strengthens me and gives me everything that I need to move forward. And I know that my current reality is not what you're planning for me. I know that my future is better than what I'm going through right now. So I'm still going to hold uh, to you. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to give you everything that I have because I know that you're going to deliver me because you're a good God. The next step, number four uh, in five steps to be to, to live a miserable life. Number four is be reactive instead of proactive. And what, what that means is a lot of people, when they face difficult times, even like we're in right now, they face difficult times and their, their, uh, their normal response is to be reactive and not proactive. They, they, they react with fear. They react with doubt. They react with discouragement. They, they react with questions. They react with a lack of, of trust in God, a lack of trust in others. They just have uh, bad reactions. And, and God, um, one, in fact, the, the most commanded phrase in, in the entire Bible, the, the, most, the, the command that's given the most throughout the entirety of the Bible, you probably know this, is just two words, and it's simply fear not. Fear not. Like God doesn't want us to live in fear. He doesn't want us to react to life in fear, but actually we need to be proactive. I'm going to teach that to you in a second. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? This is the Lord speaking. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Like fear not. Don't be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So first of all, uh, we, we don't react in bad circumstances with fear or with doubt. We, we react uh, based upon our faith in God. In fact, we have to be proactive and do something even a little bit more. And this is what Psalm 34, 4 says. It says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. 
He delivered me from all of my fears. So I sought the Lord. I was proactive. I I didn't just stay at home and do nothing. I I didn't just stay at home and and sigh all day long or or sob all day long. Um, No, I, I actually, I became proactive and I decided to seek the Lord. I decided to go after the Lord, to to pursue the Lord. And the Bible says that he delivered me. When I did that, he delivered me from my fears. He delivered me from the doubts that I had. He delivered me from the troubled thoughts that I have. But I was proactive. I went after God. New song, let me tell you something. If you are are at home, if if you're not going out as much as you used to, this is the perfect time to seek the Lord like never before. This is the perfect time to take advantage advantage of this moment and, and, and what the devil meant for bad. Let's turn that around and make something beautiful out of it. Let's allow the Lord to come in and change our lives and change our hearts and make us more like him. Let's seek the Lord and rise up as a people of faith and not a people of fear. So let's not be reactive. Let's be proactive and seek the Lord knowing that he will deliver us. He's going to be good to us. I promise you that new song. And number five, five steps to live a, li- a miserable life. Number five is is this. Just let your, your thoughts take control. Like, just let your thoughts do whatever they want to do. Think about whatever you want to think about. Uh, if your thoughts get bad, that's okay. Just let them get bad. Just, um, in fact, I, I've heard it said this way, that some people don't ever think about what they're thinking about. They don't ever think about what they're thinking about. They just let their thoughts wander. They just think whatever comes to their head and they think that it's okay. Um, and I, I'm going to tell you, the the Bible actually confronts that and says that's not the way that we live life. Because if you let your thoughts go out of control, you're going to be miserable. And God, that is not God's will for you. He doesn't want that. In fact, he was very specific in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. This is a verse that I use oftentimes to encourage people. It says this, that we take we take captive every thought and we make it submissive or obedient to Christ. That we take every thought that doesn't glorify the Lord, every thought that, that, doesn't, uh, that isn't filled with faith and with truth, we take every thought that, that, is, that, that is under satanic influence or demonic influence or worldly influence and we take those bad thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. We, we, we find ourselves thinking bad thoughts and we have to stop and say, nope, I am not going to think that way. That is not God's plan for me. Um, and, and, and we choose to think on the goodness and the greatness of our God instead. And I promise you, when, when you do that, when you take those thoughts and make them submissive to Christ or obedient to Christ, you're going to live a better life. You won't live in misery. I, I, and I know that because I've lived that out. There have been lots of times in my life where I've been so filled with fear, uh, with questions, with concerns. And I, I, I had to train myself and that's exactly what this verse is saying. Train yourself to take those thoughts and say, I just refuse to think thoughts like that. My thoughts are going to be focused on God, focused on his word, focused on his deliverance, focused on his goodness. I'm going to trust in God more than I trust in anything or anyone else. And here's what I, here's what I want to end with today. Maybe this is kind of the big thought for today. If you say, well, where am I in this? Let, let me tell you that how, how you're living right now reveals what you truly believe. How you're living right now reveals what you truly believe. And so if you're living in faith, if you're, if you're living 
knowing that God is good and that he's in control and he's going to take care of you, that, that those thoughts and that life is revealing what's on the inside of you. But there are some uh, of you that, that are hearing this and saying, you know what, I'm fearful. I'm, I'm living in fear. I'm living with some doubts here and certainly some big concerns. And, and I keep wondering what's going to happen. And, and those thoughts just fill my mind over and over again. Can I tell you something that God is, God is wanting to change you. He's wanting you to rise up as a man or a woman and a child of God. He wants you to rise up as a man or woman of faith. And children of God are supposed to be men and women of faith. That's how we're supposed to live this life. We live by faith. We walk by faith. That's, that's how we're supposed to live life. And if you find yourself fearful right now, what it is, it's revealing what's, what's on the inside of you. Then God wants to change that. And he wants you to rise up as the man or woman that you've been called to be. So I pray that you accept these words, that you embrace them, and that you allow the Spirit of God in this moment to change you and to make you more like Christ, uh, to make you more of a faith-filled, passionately devoted follower of Jesus Christ. And I think we ought to pray about that right now. If you're with your family, your friends, uh, why don't you just gather together? You may want to uh, hold hands. You may want to form a little circle or um, certainly just, you know, bow your, your, your heads and close your eyes just for a few moments. And let's call out to the Lord. Father, in, in days like these, we have, we have the choice to fear or to have faith. We have the choice to uh, focus on our concerns, to focus on um, the things that we don't understand, the things that are confusing to us, or that brings doubts, uh, maybe even discouragement and depression to us. Or we can focus on your goodness, on your power, on your strength, on your not only ability to deliver, but your willingness to do that. And that's exactly what we're choosing today. We are putting our focus on you. We're focusing on your goodness. We're focusing on your faithfulness to us. We remember the things that you've done for us in the past, and we realize that you are God who is mighty to save. You've saved us in the past. You're going to save us in the present and save us in the future. Father, you are mighty to save. You deliver us. You strengthen us. You encourage us. You, you uh, breathe life into us, and we want to say thank you for that. In this day, we are, we are rejecting the spirit of fear. We reject that. We know that that is ungodly. And we are embracing a life of faith. Our hope, God, is in you. You've never let us down and you never will. You've never left us. You've never forsaken us and you won't do it now. And we thank you for it. And we love you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Now, once again, new song. I want you to know I love you. Absolutely love you. Think about you. I pray for you every single day. And if you need something, if you just need a word of encouragement, if you just um, need, need somebody to pray for you, give us a call, shoot us an email, message us on social media, and we're there for you. Um, and we want you to know that you're not by yourself in this thing, that there might be a little bit of distance between us, but we're still walking through this with you, and we love you. And uh, uh, remember, next Sunday morning, get your family together at 10 o'clock and uh, maybe even invite a, a couple of friends over if, if you want to and um, watch the, the next week's sermon together as a group. You can comment uh, you know, below, especially if you're on social media, just about what the Lord spoke to you. And uh, again, just 
just meet up every Sunday morning. Let that be a time of encouragement and strength. And uh, again, the time that we're all connecting as a family, as a church family, even though we're not all together. Once again, Jennifer and I love you so much. We're here for you and we pray for you every single day. God bless new song. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.